Hey guys, what's going on? It's John and Ryan here from No Holding Back, where we're getting into the latest rumors and hot takes from the previous week. This week is a special week, just like last week. But in this particular week, we are talking strictly NFL draft. And as promised in the previous recordings that we did, we are going to reveal both of our mock drafts. And we're going to talk about the differences and similarities and the best team fits for the teams that we're picking for. So I'm going to give it off to Ryan to start off with his first pick, which I'm pretty sure we both have the same for the Arizona Cardinals. So Ryan, drum roll if you please. And the first pick is Kyler Murray. Who has who hasn't guessed this? Right. I mean, if they don't pick him, it just shows their hand that they're absolute abysmal franchise who can't handle anything. I you don't. And there's not to say they aren't that franchise, but you don't do what they're doing and not pick Murray. So it's funny you said that cuz they all their team need their team needs are protecting the quarterback with offensive linemen. They need a wide receiver, a tight end, defensive line and a cornerback. With the first pick, they are going to pick a quarterback who apparently scored a 20 on their wonderlick, who is undersized, who is not committed to football mm-hmm. and who has uh issues diagnosing plays and the only reason why he was successful was because he was in Ryan uh, oh, you, you forgot about best. the GQ coach also. Oh, yeah. Well, Cliff Quinsbury didn't really amount to anything in college. He was fired. So he fits him perfectly. All right. So that's a dumpster fire. But, um, and we were talking about this before, if Kyler Murray doesn't go one, best smokescreen in NFL history or worst smokescreen in worst. NFL history? Why do you say worst? Because you just, after you took a piss on your quarterback all year with the help you gave him, Right, no receivers. Right, David Johnson. Right, not existent. No line. Correct. And you threw him in the fire anyway. Right. Probably not the best thing to do for him. And now you're standpoint. now you're shitting on his confidence even more. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I, I you know, I. That, I that's why I say you don't do that. Because, okay, great. You have Ryan Leaf now. <laughs> well, Ryan Leaf had some other issues besides besides oh, that. Rosen's going to have a whole heap of them too. Well, I think it's going to be very interesting uh, with if he if he's not already seen ghosts. Oh, by because of how many people were coming through that line last yeah. year. Okay, all right, all right. So moving on from Kyler Murray, I, I think you know most most of the uh, the people that are doing these mocks have him mocked for number one. I would be shocked if it's something different um and then same thing probably only other thing is if they have a preordained deal with the raiders and it was kept quiet right right but and is that why the the raiders ended up sending their scouts home could be to shut them fuck up yeah like that that and then it was a surprise pick that's i was the thing right that's the only way i could see this situation working out okay okay all right. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll we'll talk about the Raiders when we get to when we get to them at four. Uh, the, the 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 other kind of least kept secret is what the San Francisco Forty ers are doing, and um, I think this is a no brainer too. We probably have the same thing. I chose Nick Bosa. Um, I think because of the scheme that San Francisco runs, I think it's very important for him. I know there are some injury concerns with Nick Bosa. You know him only playing you know the the three or four games this past year and his previous two injuries with the um, abdominal injury and the knee. 
I mean, if you really think about it and you want to put it in comparison over the nine games that um, that Rashawn Gary played, Nick Bosa in three had more sacks than Gary. So, like, the productivity is there. It's just a matter of when you're trying to project these players, A, is he going to stay healthy? B, is he going to be able to grow on his pass rushing skills? Because a lot of analysts and a lot of scouts think that he's pretty defined already. Uh, I think that he is probably a sure bet for for number two right now, unless something happens where San Francisco decides to go with Quentin Williams. But I have I have yeah both I I don't see him going Quentin Williams. They already have the inside short up. That's my thing. Right. I mean, they do play a four three. I know you had concerns about Bosa playing in a three four. Uh, exactly. So, so I I think it's a solid fit. Right. So, I mean, I don't think there's really much that we can really, really much more to talk on, but between so, one and two, yeah, we're, we, we're we both have good. Bosa at two, so. So now I think this is where we probably end up differing, and, and we both agree that this draft starts at three. Yeah, so I, I think your Jets are trading pick for Barr to honor his contract. <laughs> no, I, I think you get uh, Barr Jr. and Josh Allen. Okay. All right. So I was right. We did end up differing. I think that um, the, the you're, you're just hoping it's different. Well, I, I personally, as a fan, I hope it's different. But also, just from like here, here are my reasons why I think. And personally, I have Quinn Williams as the number one player in this in this draft class for two reasons. One, because he was able to beat double teams. He was able to stay healthy, and he was able to have an increasing increasingly better impact as the game went on. I also think that given how the offense in the NFL is working now, and you can see based on how New England is able to pick apart big-time defensive end and outside linebacker talent by getting the ball out quickly, I think his value as an interior lineman, a la Aaron Donald and, and all of those players, has more value than I, a Nick I would agree with you if you guys weren't stuck in a 3-4. Well, we don't know what we're stuck into. I mean, Greg Williams, first of all, Greg Williams runs a base 46, runs the majority of his of his sets out of a nickel scheme. So whether you run a 4-3 or 3-4, it really doesn't matter at that point. And from his point of view, it's S- all a matter of talent. Some iterations, yes. It's all a matter of talent. And especially, like, we all know that picking for need is the biggest mistake in, in the NFL draft. Yeah, but it's not much need at three, right? Because it, it's it's one or the other. Do you love the way Josh Allen can line up at the edge and get you pressure? Or are you playing more of the base that you're talking about and you like to pressure up the middle? Yeah, I think, I, I think it's a preference, right? And you guys don't really have anybody from the outside to get that pressure. No, but uh, but to my point is is that if you have a dominant interior rush, your interior rush will make your outside linebackers and your outs and your defensive ends that much more dominant. And and the the team that I point to the most is the LA Rams. Aaron Donald was able to get so much pressure up the middle and be able to demand multiple blockers that Dante Fowler was 
shit. My grandmother could play on the line with. But that's what I'm saying. Like Dante Fowler was not good in Jacksonville. I, it's I not, think it's it, bad comparison because you never have another Aaron Donald. No, but if you look at the outside linebackers that have good interior presence, look at I know look at D Ford. Look at D Ford with I, Chris Jones. I know you want to say another team with good interior presence. I'm I'm just waiting for you to say it. Well, I'm I'm not going to go to the Eagles because the Eagles also have good outside linebackers <laughs> that have been consistent over, over uh, that time. They have good edges, thank you, and, and edges. The outside edges. linebackers aren't, weren't great. Right. But I'm saying is like if you look at the teams, like look at D Ford. D Ford had a great year, but he had great interior pressure. If you look at every team that has that outside pressure that comes off, is the majority of the time is they have great interior pressure. That's why I think Quentin Williams should be the pick at three. I, I, I just think you need a solid line. I agree, but I don't think an outside linebacker in a three-four scheme is going to be worthy of a uh, four-four. I don't think he's outside over. linebacker. I think he's not playing with a hand in the dirt. No, he won't be an edge. He's too thin. He's too thin. And I don't like his pass rushing skills. His pass rushing skills are way too, um, you know, dominant on his athletic ability to get around the edge instead of pass rushing. Nice. He'll be a perfect chat. All right. On to number four. All right. So that's the first one we disagree on. So number three, I have Quentin Williams. Um, We know what we talk about Josh Allen. Those are our differences. So So, moving to four with your Raiders and Gruden. So if they don't make this crazy pick that's preordained with the Cardinals somehow, uh, or the devil, who knows, uh, I think they go with Quinn and Williams. It makes a lot of sense. Okay, so essentially we have swap picks. I have Josh Allen going to, to, the, to the Raiders at four. So, I mean, I think we're in the same boat. Uh, it's just a matter of preference, I think, and just based on how you rank them. I just think that Bose and Williams are the tier ones and everything else is a big drop-off. But, um, you know, the, the the Raiders did lose Khalil Mack and they think that they may need to be able to get an edge. That's yeah, why I, I, that I could see them going Devin White also. That's if, another one too. If Quentin Williams is picked by the Jets. So if that, now we're doing, you know, hypotheticals. If, if Quentin Williams is picked... And I, I struggle with this, and I went back and forth. I also think Ed Oliver is the, is, could be the pick here. Yeah. So It very uh, well could be. Right. So I think, um, I think Devin White, Ed Oliver, I just couldn't drop Josh Allen that far away from, from the top of this draft. Um, he would have slid, and it just didn't work out for, for me. So, But I think he's going to be a top-five pick. But I can see Ed Oliver there. I can definitely see Devin White there. You just like the off-school going again to the Raiders. Yeah. I, a I, lot Khalil Mack. You know, I, I also just think that Ed Oliver, and we'll discuss him when, when we get to him, I just think Ed Oliver was played in the wrong position. And I think that they'll be able to – John Gruden will be able to have that Warren Sapp. I, I agree. I, I Phenomenal player. Okay, so our next disagreement was at four, but we we flip flopped. So now, number five with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their number one needs are linebacker, corner, safety, running back, and defensive line. So I ended up mocking Devin White, the inside linebacker from LSU, from here uh, because of two reasons. One, I don't think I do think that after losing Quan Alexander, they do need to have that interior presence, and everyone knows my theory on LSU um, DBs and linebackers that they're just studs so uh, I went Devin White here because of the need and also because of what he's going to bring to the defense well that's a great way to tee that up for me John 
because I also have another LSU player. But unlike you, I'm going with the DB that you suggested in Greedy Williams. Okay. I I just think, right, they had a great line last year. Defensive line, you're talking Defensive line. We're okay. able to get pressure, and their corners were atrocious. They never had that guy who can change it. They were on the field a lot because their offense wasn't so great. and they, the, the Buccaneers' offense wasn't so great? Yeah. They were top five offense in the league last year. Well, while Fitzmagic would run, you know, it, it was Regardless. hit or miss. It, they didn't have a sustained uh, offense. They were big play or bust. All right. So right? So, okay. So their time on the field, time of possession was not great. Okay. Yeah, they could put up numbers. They could have a top five offense that way. But time of possession-wise, you're still tiring out your defense. It's hard to maintain. So unless you're Pat Mahomes putting up Superman numbers, you're not going to keep that going. Okay. I mean, so so I, I, I think he's a guy with his attributes and playing style that he could get them those turnovers and – Look, I, I like to pick, and you're also talking about um, same coaches that love to having a good cornerback, right? Okay. But I, I don't think, and, and the, the coaches we're talking about is Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles when they when they had Patrick Peterson down in Arizona. I think that, that I do like Greedy Williams. The, the things that I don't like about Greedy Williams is just he's not a tackler. And I know that Todd Bowles can definitely scheme – around um, weak, weaker cornerbacks. And I just think based on where where Tampa is picking now and where they'll pick in the second round, they can pick up a corner in the second round that'll probably be able to do, you know, somewhere in the same skill set as Greedy. But I just think... But you're also giving faith to a GM who drafted Vita Vea with the 12th pick that, That's true, but I also think that the... The coach that was there wasn't Bruce Arians, and I think that there is an organizational change that's there um, once they brought him in. Organizational change in. that are making them play Jameis Winston. Well, they have to. I, I mean, they have to, and you might as well. I mean, we'll talk about this when, if and when we get to some quarterbacks. It's just a matter of we don't think that there's quarterbacks that are really worth the same amount of like I would rather have Jameis Winston for a year to see what he's bringing and take my chances next year in the QB draft so yes you're you're taking a chance with Jameis and all of his you know stupid off the field nonsense but you also have Bruce Arians who's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer so I do I do say they need a cornerback I do understand I do understand the pick Personally, I think it's early, and I don't think that I think that there's a lot of de- defensive line talent and linebacker talent that separates the bunch from there as elite status as opposed to cornerbacks. We'll see. So we'll see what happens. Uh, so for the Giants, putting up their smoke screen, as you will, I don't really see them going D line. I I think it is what it is, right? I think they're going Haskins. I think that's the pick. I mean, you can't wait another year with Eli. Well, Gettleman doesn't have another year. With this fan base, some people are still on it. I have no clue how. But by the end of the year, when your offense is down in the bottom half once again and you have nobody else to blame, no other antics to blame, you cleared house, right? Mm -hmm. You need a plan in place. Right. I mean, I just think that they... they 
like you said, I think the smoke screen, uh, and we've both been on, on, on record saying that it's going to be Dwayne Haskins. I think it's going to be Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I just don't see them taking that risk. And I mean, I think it's pretty cut and dry. The, the defensive lineman that they're really picking, unless they end up trading up for like Quinn, Josh Allen, or, or Nick Bosa, I just don't think that it's really worth to go through that year. Right, and and you could still make moves where they are at the back end of the or right right at the start of the second right. to move up back into the first. Right, and I think and I think one of the I think that because of where Dwayne Haskins is, it, like if you want to go and get your quarterback, you might as well get your quarterback at six because the difference in defensive line talent at this point between six and where they're picking at seventeen is not that big. So you might as well go and secure your quarterback at six and you know you have your quarterback and then pick your defensive lineman at 17. No, and what I mean is you can have a third first Right, that round. comes in right. if, if need exactly. be, if somebody falls. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so we agree on Dwayne Haskins. Now let's get into the Jacksonville Jaguars at seven with their needs being offensive line, tight end, wide receiver, safety, and running back. I ended up going with TJ Hawkinson, the tight end out of Iowa. Um, reason being, one, and you should know this pretty well, TJ Hawk, uh, Nick Foles loves throwing to his tight end. Uh, we saw that when he was in Philly and Zach Ertz. I know that offensive line is a need for the Jags, but they did spend a lot of money on the offensive line. They do have a lot of draft capital that's on that offensive line. TJ Hawkinson was one of the better blockers in college football, as well as a great pass-catching tight end. I think it just makes sense for the growth of not only Nick Foles, but also for the growth of Leonard Fournette, which is what they're going to rely on to move and be successful this year. So having the pleasure of watching Sir Nick Foles, Mm -hmm. I have seen him with weak offensive lines, and boy, does he struggle Mm -hmm. if people are getting through. So I have them going with Jawan Taylor to shore up that line. Okay, I, I just... Yes, I get it with your pick. I think that would be phenomenal for him to have a target uh, like Hutchinson. I I just don't see him succeeding unless you have that steady tier on your line. And, right. I, and I think Taylor's one of the best, if not the best, tackle prospects in the draft, right? So you'd have him play, what, right tackle, I believe? I Yeah. Okay. All right. Right. I, and I think it shores up your line. You have your other anchor right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only reason I'm not saying he's best, right, with Dollar Williams, he's interchangeable. He's not as big. I think Taylor fits your mold for right. right tackle. Right. And I mean, we and we know who's you know running the the uh, football operations over there. Tom Coughlin. And right. Loves. Like I see the pick. Like I was going back and forth between the two of them. I just think that. Um, that you can't go wrong with both of those picks that that we went with. It's just a matter of preference. And then we'll see what happens on Thursday. Yeah, the, the only thing that you hope for is that a tackle uh, lands to you with their later pick. But right. the way this draft goes and the way I'm seeing it, I think a lot of tackles are coming off the board by the time they pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll see how it we'll see how it ends up unfolding. I think there's going to be a lot of movement. Within this draft, as, as in every year, right? We, we already had our first trade of the year, right? With, right, Flank. which we'll get to. We'll get to. Oh, you don't want to unveil yet? No, You're I think we should unveil it when they, Yeah, I think we'll leave it on. All the right, just like the cliff that Tom Brady was supposed to fall off, according to Max <laughs> Kellerman, or that Eli already did. Yeah, <laughs> idiot. All right, so now we just finished with the Jacksonville Jaguars at seven. Now we're looking at the Detroit Lions or yeah, the or so, the Midwest Patriots, as we like to call them. So I I think. 
going with who they signed this offseason, you signed Eric Flowers. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to shore up the other side. I think they're going to go with Brian Burns. So now you have two dominant edge rushers. And I think that defense starts coming together for him. Okay. So Brian Burns, you have going, who is the uh, the edge from Florida State. Um, I ended up going the same way. I ended up picking an edge. But the edge that I ended up going with, I ended up going with Montez Sweat after, out of Mississippi State. I think his versatility is something that Matt Patricia or those Patriot defenses had, um, considering they just signed um, uh, Trey Flowers to that massive deal. I think they're going to be able to complement one another. Obviously, Montez Sweat at the Combine was just was putting up freak numbers. I know there's concerns over his heart condition, right? Um, but I think it, we had concerns over Maurice Hurst yesterday, last year. I don't, out of I don't think you go wrong with either. They both put up freak numbers at right. the Combine, right? Both put up production. Oh, they're both able to keep their weight up and Correct. perform at the combine, which is key. I mean, I I don't think you can go uh, go wrong. I just think I like Montez Sweat's potential more because of his versatility over Burns because Burns is just a straight you know pass rusher in a three four. Yeah, but the Patriots mold right. Everybody has a job. Everybody plays it. Absolutely. If, if that's your motto and you keep that at the Lions, then you can't get better than Burns if you want him to play your edge rusher and getting after the quarterback no i agree i agree i agree and then uh, you know obviously talking about getting after the quarterback at number nine the buffalo bills i mean it was really tough for me to pick this one just because of the bills are in my division but i just every time i got to here besides putting him to the raiders this was ed oliver ed oliver ed oliver i mean just him in that defensive scheme i just remember them running that over sean mcdermott running that over in carolina when he had all those defensive linemen obviously like we said before Ed Oliver was always playing out of position in Houston. I think you can put him at the three technique. You can put him at the five technique, and he's going to be able to be put over those shoulder, the guard's shoulder, and be able to really, really make a difference. So I went Ed Oliver at number nine to the Bills. So it has it happens often on this podcast. We're on the opposite side of the line. <laughs> okay. I I think the Bills need to protect their investment from last year. Okay. He got it. Oh, granted, his play, right, Allen got hurt because he was aggressive. But mm-hmm. also, he was one of the most hit QBs last year. Their line was atrocious. Right. So I think you go with one of the best all-around linemen in the draft in Jonah Williams. Mm-hmm. So you you shore up, you protect your pick from last year, you give him some confidence, and you got a guy who can slide all over that line, and you're not going to have concerns. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like this pick. I just, I, the, the reason why I didn't go to Jonah is because, or any offensive lineman in the draft, is just that they ended up signing, uh, what was this, um, Morse from the, the Chiefs to play center. I think there's a lot of questions about where Jonah's going to play, whether he's going to play inside or he's going to play tackle. I think he can play left tackle. They I think need, he's a technician. They need help all over that line. I, I get it. I just I just thought that Ed Oliver, considering he was still on my board, he was way too much of a Sean McDermott type of guy to pass up. I, I agree with you there. He He's the sexy pick mm-hmm. if you didn't have a glaring hole in need to protect your investment from last year. But again... My philosophy is always never draft on need, always draft on best player available and talent, regardless of the position. Yeah, we're not going to sit and argue this. No, not right? at all. We can go tip for tat all day. 
All right, so speaking for tit for tat, the fucking Denver Broncos who do this seemingly every year. <laughs> On cue. <laughs> so their needs are offensive linemen. They brought in Joe Flacco, which doesn't make any sense to me given the scheme fit. So, Ryan, where did you go? Well, right to the University of Missouri with Drew Locke, another tall athletic QB. How predictable can LOA be? I, I I think that's where the pick is. Look, I, I think Drew Locke has the most potential out of all the tall athletic QBs that LA has drafted. Right. This could be, finally be his one. Yeah, he's t- taking some crapshoots on these guys, and mm-hmm. he gets shit every year because where he picks them isn't good and where they are. I finally think in his slot this year he can get value from it in Drew Locke. I think he's a decent prospect. And look, he is a good guy to learn from now. So you sit him for the year. You're not rushing him in. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not getting him killed. You already have a solid D. Yeah, granted, your players are getting older. But I I, I think this is the pick for them. I, I, I was going back and forth between Drew Locke and, and, and the pick that I ended up going with. So I ended up going with the inside linebacker out, out of uh, Michigan. I ended up going with Devin Bush. Um, for two reasons. One, just the the awkwardness of Joe Flacco in that system doesn't make much sense to me. So I don't know what they're trying to do, which is one of the reasons why I think they could pick Locke. But the other thing that was standing out to me was the fact that their head coach is now Vic Fangio, who was the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, who, who, had Pat, who drafted Patrick Willis and ended up developing Patrick Willis into the field general that he was. So I think if you're choosing a field general that can really, really take this defense to another level, I think Devin Bush is that guy. You put him in the middle of, the, uh, middle of that front seven, he ends up really kind of seeing the field where he needs to be. You have you know Chubb on one side, Miller on the other, uh, Wolf on the defensive line, uh, and their secondary. I think they're going to try and win with defense and see if, if Joe Flacco can get them over the hump for the year. But again, I see Drew Locke there in this in this area, and that's why when we move to the Bengals, for the same reasons you said, I put Drew Locke at the Bengals at eleven. Young quarterback, uh, young quarterback coach turned head coach coming in. He's going to want his guy. He can sit him behind Andy Dalton for another year. I think that that that's why I ended up flipping the two. So that's yeah, why I want Drew Locke. I, and I think the Bengals would be elated if he faulted them. Right, but. Unlike you and your Jets, I finally have the first linebacker coming off the board. Okay. I have Devin White going to him. So you have Perfect leaving. Okay. And now you have a player who can stay on the field right. and actually be your commander of your defense. So I think you're getting a phenomenal value here with Devin White falling here. That the is way. a huge value. You're yeah. talking about a top five player going all the way down to 11. Not like we haven't seen it before. Absolutely. Absolutely. You look at, you look at players... You know, Jamal Adams is one that comes to mind. And it's give or take, too. Look at the modern NFL. Linebackers aren't overvalued now. Some teams do, some teams don't. Right. No, and, abs- and, and it's all preference. I, I think if Locke goes to, like we, I said, Denver, right. I think White in this scenario is the, the ultimate pick for them. Okay. And as of right now... Ryan and I have picked 11 for 11 teams, and we've only agreed on three players. 
<laughs> to those teams. And for the 12th pick by the Packers, we are obviously not agreeing here because I think that after paying Aaron Rodgers the way that they did, um, what they tried to do on the defensive side of the ball, I think the best option for them, even though that Jimmy Graham is aging and they, they may, I, I can see a tight end here, I went the best um, offensive lineman in the draft and they, they end up picking Jonah Williams. Playing any position that they want, left tackle, inside guard, center, whatever. Ryan Balog is getting old. Uh, it just makes too much sense. Boy, do I love you teeing me up. Speaking <laughs> about Asian TN, I have TJ Hawkinson going to the pet or to the Packers right here. Uh, guy who can block, right, and also catch the ball. Be Aaron Rodgers' best friend, and who better to learn the game off of than Jimmy Graham? A uh, once tight end who is all world, all dominant. Mm-hmm. Why not pass the baton right off and guide Rodgers on? Rodgers will be a pig in shit if this is the pick. Absolutely. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I see, like, if I didn't put TJ Hawkinson at the Jags, it, the next spot that he would end up falling was to the Packers. I 100% agree with that pick. It just TJ Hawkinson wasn't available on the board when when the Packers were picking. Um, speaking of guys that apparently weren't on the board for uh, you but are available on the board for me, I have the Miami Dolphins sticking with their Florida kid and end up drafting Brian Burns for the 13th overall pick. I mean, everybody knows they need a quarterback. Um, Ryan Fitzmagic's there. They're going to ride him. I think they're pretty keen on waiting for the 2020 QB class. Right. Um, I think Brian Burns, being from the area, I've I, I believe that they did a lot of scouting on the player. Um, versatile player, can play in whatever scheme that they need him to be. I, I ended up going Brian Burns from Florida State. So this is perfect, right? I have the Lions flopped with what you had the Lions. Yeah, I okay. have them going Montez Sweat. So we both have the same idea, right? Right. You want to get that key defensive player. It's not going to improve your points on the board. Right. Your tank for Tua. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's the smart pick. Right. E- either one that you get, you have a future stud on the edge. For right. I just years think to come. it's just basically based on preference. Exactly. Yeah. And we never know the GM's preference. It, right. It could be the wind direction that day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of wind direction, which is shocking because Atlanta plays in a dome, um, one of their needs is a kicker, but obviously nobody's picking a kicker in the first round. This isn't the Raiders and Sebastian Jankowski. <laughs> Unless you're Tampa Bay. Oh, um, well, yeah, or that. that <laughs> well, was a, closest yeah, you can come. Right. Um, out well. I ended up going with I, – I, I originally wanted to put Same someone GM, here. Right? No. For who? <laughs> Tampa. No. No, no. Different. <laughs> yes? No. Could it be? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> For Atlanta, I ended up thinking that it would be a good idea for them to end up picking somebody to protect Matt Ryan. But then I was looking, and I know how um, they love to run their defensive schemes. I know what um, their head coach ended up bringing from Seattle. He loves versatile type of defensive line talents. I ended up going with Rashawn Gary from Michigan. So uh, could play anywhere on the line. I know his production wasn't as good as everyone thought, but again, playing out of position at Michigan, best defense in football. I think this makes a lot of sense given uh, given the uh, personnel that's there. So same thinking here, but you know who I still have on board, Mr. Ed Oliver. There you go. And shores up even more of their needs because their interior defense line is atrocious. Mm-hmm. So 
they will be more than happy to get Ed Oliver here. He would be dominant force for their defense for years to come. No, I agree. I mean, so, I, I mean, same thought, right? We're both hitting on their defense line needs right. work. And I think that's where they can hit it at. And it's just a matter of when our, when the players that we pick exactly. went. Exactly. Like, we've gone through so far 14 picks, and, and all the players that we ended up picking are in some order within that 14. So Besides at, Greedy. Besides Greedy. For, well, Wild card. Obviously. Um, everyone can take those chances in these mocks. You never know what's going to happen. Everyone favors these other players. I think when we get to the Redskins, I think we may have our first match. And I ended up going with quarterback out of Duke, Daniel Jones. Whoa. Is it right? Are we good? We're, are we, we're, we're back on the same page again. Look at that. We're back. We're ready. We are ready. Here comes a comeback. <laughs> what way to have Alex Jones or Alex Smith get replaced with Alex Smith? <laughs> no. I mean, it. listen, I could see... Washington end up trading up and, and, and really trying to go after Dwayne Haskins. They did a lot of research who, who there. Who knows with Washington? Right. But I, Washington does have an affiliation with Dwayne Haskins. Sean Springs, who is out, who is with the um, with the Redskins, is a mentor to Dwayne Haskins. They've done a lot of research on him. If the Giants don't pick him at, at six, I think uh, the Washington ends up getting very aggressive. But either way, they're not going into the season with Case Keenum. Right. And... Like we heard with the Josh Rosen trade, um, I the rumor is that if Arizona does trade him and they take Murray, that they don't want him in the same conference. Right. So, I if that does happen, they don't trade him to Washington, or Washington doesn't give him a godfather offer mm. for Rosen. I think Daniel Jones is a smart and safe pick for well, them. Well, I think that that brings up a good point because. If we're slotting Daniel Jones into Washington, then the question becomes, where is Josh Rosen going to be? And a lot of people said the Chargers, but backing up Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers has a lot of more years left and may not be susceptible to kind of mentoring a young quarterback. I personally don't think that Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen fetches a first-round pick. So I... Uh, you know, it remains to be seen. I think the trade could end up coming in on Thursday. It could come on Friday. Yeah, right to the Patriots. Right. Oh, Jesus, no. But that would that would be a lot of fun because then you would have three quarterbacks that were drafted in last year's draft in the same division. Who's better? Sam Darnold. <laughs> so um, God, you hope. So moving to the Carolina Panthers, which is Dave Gettleman's previous GM spot. I have Jawan Taylor being picked from Florida, who I believe you ended up mocking to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, second best offensive line talent, I believe, in the in the draft. Uh, I was looking at the Carolina Panthers offensive line, and it is horrendous. I believe that you can slot Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Um, he's athletic enough to move into left guard if need be. I just think that they need to end up protecting Cam Newton with his bum shoulder, and if they're going to keep handing the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, they need someone to block for him. Same points exactly. Um, although I have Taylor going earlier and your guard and Jonah Williams going earlier. Mm-hmm. I have Andre Dillard going okay. to the Panthers. I mean, he's a great pass pro, big, huge, everything you want in a tackle, and I think he get the job done for them. 
And again, I mean, we may not agree on the player, but we agree on the position. Exactly. So in uh, their needs, um, and Dillard's good value there. I mean, seventeenth. He's say what you want. He has these flaws. These these players are all gonna be have some flaws here. It's what they can do well. So you harp on that single aspect that they can do well. Right. Dillard pass pro. He's gonna do well and. It's not like you need the extreme lanes with McCaffrey as your running back. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you you get that extra uh, presence when you could dump it off. He's going to be great for that. I I think he would fit in well for the Panthers. No, I like. I mean, again, I, I like the positional pick. It's just a matter of who is available. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, the New York Giants, their second pick of the first round, seventeenth overall. So they address their quarterback with Dwayne Haskins, according to both of our mocks. Mm-hmm. So now QB is no longer a need. I think that they want to get back to that defensive line type of presence, and I'm going to mock Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle from Clemson, to him. To them, excuse me. I think that he plays multiple positions off the line. I think that he is a you know excellent prospect of what he did at Clemson, and I think um, there have been rumors where um, they were very very involved and and think that Dexter Lawrence is the pick here, his teammate. I I don't think that he can play the same number of positions on the line, the three technique, five technique, or even rush on the outside. Um, if they want a versatile defensive lineman, I think this is the uh, the pick for them. Yeah, I I don't think you're wrong. I am on the line again, but I think since not they, agreeing on the player since, again. Well, so, same you, position. You also had this player going earlier. So since they got rid of Vernon, right? They need an edge rusher. I have Rashawn Gary going okay. to the Giants here. So I mean that fills their need there. They're scratching it off the board mm-hmm. and. Like they did before with Landon Collins, you kick out a good player, you bring in a younger one. There you go. Okay. I mean, I I, I like the pick. I can see – I mean, I had Rashawn Gary between 14 and 20 anyway. Um, the farthest that when I originally did the first draft of this, I had him going probably to 21, the latest. Yeah, and I mean, we've heard rumors of him dropping out of the first round completely. Yeah, well, especially now, apparently, the news came out, uh, he has a torn labrum. Right. That he, I mean, he Which isn't can play that through. big of a deal. Right. But he'll get surgery but next year. still, it, it brings up injury risk. Once right. you have one tear, teams get worried, especially this close to the draft. Exactly. exactly. So, speaking of line help, the Vikings up next okay. with... The 18th pick. I have them going with Cody Ford. Sure, sure. Some of the running lanes for him. Uh, Get a presence in there. They need help at the line, and I think Cody Ford does it for him. I agree. This is, again, I I put Cody Ford here, uh, offensive lineman. He'll probably play guard. Uh, for the Vikings, um, he was just a mauler blocking for um, Kyler Murray at Oklahoma. I think it just makes way too much sense for them. So I'm happy that we agreed on uh, something between uh, <laughs> 10 to uh, ten to 20 or 15 to 20. So maybe we'll do two in a row with the Tennessee Titans. We might. I feel it coming. So obviously we know who their head coach is. Is he an offensive player? No. Ooh, so we don't agree. We don't agree. One of these, one of these picks will end up getting two in a row. I, I ended. Up, I thought about going wide receiver, uh, for Tennessee. I, 
the reason why I didn't is because of Mike Vrabel. I think that he loves the tweener type of players who can play multiple positions on the line. I think that um, Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle that we spoke about earlier to possibly go into the Giants, is the pick for the Titans at at 19. Yeah, I, I, I don't argue with your Vrabel help, but you know who needs help is Mariota. Mariota, absolutely. You don't have a tight end. Your receivers are questionable. Well, what? they do have a tight end. He's aging. D- Delaney Walker's kind of up there. He's but... retired. What? He's retiring. Since when? Or he's out. I don't even know. Well, if he's he got hurt out. last year because I remember he was on. He was on my fantasy team and ended up going out week one. I don't think he's retired, but I can we'll, see. We'll fact check that. But I can see. Uh, I can see them going a, a pass catcher in general. So who do you? Anyway, pick? I have no fan going to him. Okay. Who's arguably a slot receiver as a tight end? Okay. Who's phenomenal at catching the ball? His radius. He's going to be there to help out Murray. He's going to be able to generate offense for you. Take pressure. Off that line, take pre- pressure off uh, Mariota. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he could generate some yards for them and finally get that stagnant offense going. Okay. All right. I could see. I could definitely Playmaker, see Playmaker, finally. Absolutely. Corey Davis was supposed to be that for you. Talk about but reach. it might help you. It might help Corey Davis going with Fant in that offense also. So now you have two viable options if Corey Davis stay on the field, get going. Yeah, I wonder how either of our picks are going to be received in in uh, Tennessee, given the given the draft is in uh, Nashville this year, and you're gonna have a lot of Tennessee Titan fans hey, there. I think they'll be happy with some offense. I think so too. I think so too. Give them something to cheer for, other than uh, you on the other side of the ball playing defense all the time. Well, you know, it it, it comes with the coach that they hire. So with with the Steelers and the reach last year, I have them finally getting a linebacker that they can use and play all over the place. Well, we definitely know we're not agreeing on this one, given the player that I am. Well, you already have him going. I have Devin Bush Jr. falling to him. So you have Devin Bush from Michigan. From Michigan. Love linebacker. all the way down to 20 to 20. Listen, if Devin Bush ends up falling to 20, the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers will run that card up from Pittsburgh to Nashville. Hey, I've already laid it out. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying, and and, and then it, probably you're saying the same thing because I ended up having Pittsburgh drafting a cornerback. I was flip flopping between Greedy and Rocky Sin, who probably has the greatest sports name in the history of sports names, and has the grit that they would love. Exactly. But I ended up going with Greedy Williams because, you know, he is long, athletic, and complements Joe Hayden very well. Um, granted, he's not the type of tackling cornerback that Pittsburgh usually likes Man, to, Steelers to bring in. Steelers fans are going to hate you. Um, you bringing well, in another diva into there? Well, I don't think Greedy's not much of a diva. He's a baller. He's 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 a ball hawk. He's going to get after the ball. I just think that... Um, you said it yourself. He doesn't like to tackle. You know what Pittsburgh loves? Tackling. Yeah, but that's why they have the linebackers and the defensive line there. So we'll, you're we'll hoping see. that he's going to be able to take advantage of his ball hawk skills and get after the ball. So I ha- I was flip-flop between Greedy and, and Rockyson. Um, both of them were my, my top two corners in this draft, not really by much, but I ended up going Greedy from uh, LSU. All right. You want to lead off of the Seahawks 21st? So now this is an interesting one because when I ended up doing my first draft in my mock, I ended up thinking, okay, they have Frank Clark there. 
Um, if they do decide to trade Frank Clark, then the best person for them to draft is Frank Clark 2.0, which is Cleveland Farrell. But now, since the news came out this afternoon that Clark is now moving to the Chiefs, I think this pick makes even more sense. So I went Cleveland Farrell, the defensive end from Clemson. Played on the line, Pete Carroll, you know the works. I agree with you, but I think another position they need to shore up, and with a product in-state, in Byron Murphy. Okay. Getting that at cornerback. Okay. Right? So they're getting one of the best cornerbacks, if not the best, in the draft here. And it's going to shore up their defense a little bit where they've had holes. And I agree with your furrow. And you'll see later on where my pick is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing I just don't uh, – and I have um, Byron Murphy kind of lower on my um, my it's, cornerback. It's give or take. I, I think Washington cornerbacks have a bad taste in their mouth as of late. Well, I, I just don't think he plays the, the type of coverage. Like he's he's a very zone-heavy corner that he played at Washington. But, again, that was the scheme that they played in, so maybe it's just something that um, – Great athlete. I, I think he could be coached up into yeah. what they want. He's just a little undersized a little bit for what Seattle tr- tr- likes to run. Um, but, again, I can see them going corner. It is definitely a position of need. I can see Rocky Sin there. I can see Greedy Williams there. Uh, but um, I went defensive end. A, a lot of players. Right. We we're both on the same side of the ball. Absolutely. I mean, we've been we've been. Clo- I mean, we haven't. We've only nailed what is it? One, two, three, four, five players out of the top. Yeah. Twenty one. I mean, but we've been on the same side of the ball in the same position, so I'm not yeah. too worried about where we're where our thought processes are. So with this next pick, the Ravens at twenty two. I I had a real tough time with. I, so what side of the ball do you go to first? I think they need a great slot receiver okay so i think the best slot receiver in the draft arguably is Nikhil harry okay from arizona state from arizona state okay so he's big he can go up get the contested balls that you want and i think he's going to be able to bail out lamar jackson more so than any other players that are available for him so you have a big guy who's great at the point of attack when you're scrambling, you want that. You want that big body to be able to go up and get it. Mm-hmm. I I was contemplating A.J. Brown, but with Nikhil Harry, you have a little bit more height. You have a little bit more catch radius. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he would fit more to their needs of what they're looking for. Okay. I mean, I, we went the same side of the ball, but I ended up going in a position that I think will help Lamar Jackson grow if he is going to be the future. I ended up going Garrett Bradbury from NC State, the center. Um, they're going to want to run the ball predominantly because Lamar Jackson's skill set. Mm-hmm. They brought in Mark Ingram. Um, the best thing for a young quarterback is to grow with a young center as well. Um, I thought about putting a receiver here, but I think that given their um, emphasis on the run game, I thought that protection and having a signal caller on the line was their, their next best choice. So I went with the center from uh, NC State. Yeah, I don't. I don't argue with that. I think he's great value there. Uh, great player. You can't argue with his talents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of teams shun centers, mm-hmm. especially that high. Right. So it's just. I mean, I think he's gotten a lot of buzz of late. Uh, I would be surprised if he was actually picked at um, twenty-two. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, the team may have to go up and get him. And, and speaking of a team that really, really needs offensive line help, the Houston Texans, 
Um, I ended up going with Andre Dillard, who I know is off of your board already, mm-hmm. but uh, he's my third uh, ranked tackle in this draft class, and uh, they need somebody badly to protect Deshaun Watson since he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so Andre Dillard slots in on the left side and uh, protects uh, Deshaun's blind spot. Hey, what more can I say? I have Dalton Reisner from Kansas State going to go. him. Yep. Another offensive tackle, big Hall Marley, who can get that Paris Pro you need, get uh, Watson a little bit more time to extend the ball down the field. Absolutely. So, again, same type of thought process, just different player. Yeah, I, and I think my reasoning behind this, a lot of offensive tackles that I have going, it's – a high commodity in the NFL. You see it with the pay scale for that position. Mm-hmm. And God, teams are going to be desperate for that. They want to protect their assets in the QBs that they're paying all this high money to. Or so, will have to, right. Right, exactly. And you get some value, right? Because if you get a steal, a tackle that high, then you're not paying that Uber contract and you're shoring up your line right away. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, at 24, we have the second pick mm-hmm. for the Raiders. Uh, we ended up, I ended up drafting uh, Devin White, the inside linebacker, to them. I believe you ended up drafting, who was it? Uh, you ended up going with... Oh, where did I have Devin White going? No, I, I had Devin White going to the Raiders. I believe you had... Who would you have going to the Raiders at, at uh, four over? Oh, oh, excuse four. me, I had Josh Allen going to the Raiders at four. I had Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams. So, uh, essentially, defensive line or the edge, I ended up going with their next need, which is a tight end after Jared Cook ended up leaving for the Saints. I ended up putting in my second-best tight end in this draft, Noah Fant. So, like you were saying before, that slot type of receiver that you thought was going to be great for Aaron Rodgers, I think is going to be a great complement for um, Derek Carr and is also going to be is also going to be able to get open with the double coverage that's given to Antonio Brown. Right, and I don't disagree with that if Fant fell there. Um, But I have another guy that can help out Carr. I have Joshua Jacobs going to the Raiders here. A running back from Alabama. Right, take the pressure off running the ball. Will look great in that black and silver. And also great pass catcher. Low wear and tear on his tires. Yeah, only one year starter. Yeah, so I I think he would be a phenomenal pick for the Raiders right there. That's an interesting pick. And we'll talk about that when we get to when we get later on in the draft. Okay. Next uh is close to Ryan's heart, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Now do you want to go first? Because you were talking a lot of shit that I was going to really upset you here. But I yeah, think... I think it's like Christmas here in you, so I, I don't want you to shit all over my dreams. All right, so, so my dream scenario is what I just had play out somehow and Christian Wilkins falling to my Eagles with the 25th pick. Really? Hey. I'm going to make your day. I'm definitely going to make your day. But I, I do. I, but I, I love that, right? So you got a defensive tackle in there. He's going to play. They love rotating. Mm-hmm. Leek Jackson can – he's versatile enough. You can play him on the line. He's played DN before. So you got guys that you could play all over that line. And I think he would fit in well with all the guys there, the contracts they have, the agent defensive line. And mm-hmm. I think you keep adding to the talent you have there in one of your premium um, sets on defense, right? Mm-hmm. Or 
offense right the offense line's been great but i think you add right to that defense line and you keep doing what you've been doing if christian wilkins falls there howie will be happier than anyone but let's see how you're going to make howie happy so I ended up going defensive line as well, but I know that the team needs for the Eagles are linebacker, O-line because of the age, safety corner, running back. I thought about going Josh Jacobs here, but I thought that wasn't where I wanted to go because I think the Eagles are going to address it in the second round. I think their defensive line is their strength to their team. It's what, what, them, it's what ended up winning them a Super Bowl. I think they can wait on a top 10 player. The only reason why he's here is because he's injured. I gave the Eagles Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi State. Yeah, I, the only reason I have hesitation on that is I don't know that they're in wait mode. Like I said, they have older players. So I don't know how ambitious they are to wait. They've done it before. They they drafted um, the cornerback, Sidney Jones, who was hurt also. They've been waiting. They had uh, Derek Barnett also hurt on, yeah, the, but those, on I think, the edge. I think they you have need to... Chris Long, who's up in the air on the line. Well, which is one of the reasons why you draft Simmons, right? What right. you're saying I, is to my point. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I think... I, w- I wouldn't be upset if they drafted him there. I mean, he's he's he would have been a top ten player without the injury. He'll come back half of the year. I mean, Sidney Jones is different because an Achilles affects cornerbacks in ways that you know don't affect other positions. Right, and and also the same alum as another star in their line in Flexer Koch from Mississippi State. Exactly. Imagine the two of them on the same line. I think it's just, I think that's something that uh, yeah. And you've got him on the second half of the year. That I don't argue that pick at all. Um, I I just think there would be some skepticism yeah, from, from the front office because going Because of what happened with Sydney Exactly, and some of the injuries that they do have and guys who may or may not come in. So going on to the next pick, right off you, I have Simmons going to the Colts. Which is another popular pick. Right, because I, I think they can wait. I think they have a pretty smart GM. Same so Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I was flip-flopping between the two, but then I ended up going with the only safety that I think is worthy of the first round, pairing Jonathan Abram, teammate of Jeffrey Simmons at mm-hmm. Mississippi State, with Malik Hooker. I think you basically have your kind of – um, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor type of ordeal in the back end. Um, I think the the two safeties like that that are interchangeable is where the league is going. So I think that that was their the, one of the best moves that they could make, minus Jeffrey Simmons. Mm-hmm. Now at twenty seven, this is the third pick for the Raiders. If they end up keeping this pick at twenty seven, I ended up going with the same player you went at twenty four, Josh Jacobs, for the same reasons as you did. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't really think there's much need to harp on it, but um, I just ended up picking him, you know, three spots later than you did. Yeah, and I'm pretty similar. Get another weapon on offense and staying up with the great and late Al Davis. I'm going to go with that physical freak at wide receiver in DK Metcalf. Okay. Guy can blaze. Guy's a physical specimen. And he'll give Carr some help on that offense. You add Jacobs and... DK to that offense, you're gonna start humming. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 do like that pick. I just didn't. I just don't think it's going to be there because of where Gruden likes to run his offense. But um, we'll see. I do think that uh, that the picks that we ended up picking, we ended up picking a pass catcher, 
uh, a defensive uh, player and running back. And a running back. Same so pitch. we're all the same. We're all on the same page. And great value for where they are. For where they are, exactly. So at twenty eight, going into Chargers, I I think where they've been susceptible this past year was the offensive line. They've done great all over the place, but I I would love them to have another good tackle on their line to shore up the aging Philip Rivers. So mm-hmm. I went with Greg Little from Ole Miss. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, bring in a big Holland Molly on the line, a guy who could protect, extend the pass. Um, they just signed Travis Benjamin, so you you have two receivers right mm-hmm. already. Uh, you have Mike Williams and... Obviously, Keenan Allen. Right. right. And you have Hunter Henry coming back. So, I, I don't, didn't see the need for pass catcher. Yeah, I would love to give him another one, but we all know how Phil Rivers singles on one target. Mm-hmm. Never gets off. So, I, I thought, why not give him a little bit more time so hopefully he can use his other target out there. Okay. I went with the I went with a need that I think is really underselled with them. So, I went with Byron Murphy um, because... Jason Verrett is always hurt. Casey Hayward's always hurt. I think, you know, if they're going to make a run with Philip Rivers, th- that defense is going to need to perform just as well. Um, I think Melvin uh, Melvin Gordon ends up taking a lot of pressure off of the offensive line, so I ended up going with um, one of my the top five corner in this class and ended up going with Byron Murphy. And you also have Bosa coming back. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, he would be phenomenal with Jeremy and James back there, mm-hmm. too. Be mm-hmm. a great tandem. So, uh, going with the Seahawks, who now traded Frank Clark to the Chiefs. So, for, this would be the Chiefs picking. Right. right. So, the Chiefs traded first. They're better 2020 pick. They have mm-hmm. two 2020 seconds. Right. So, they traded their their higher pick of that. And then swap three. And then swap three. So, they move up ahead of the Seahawks. I have them going where you went earlier in Cleveland Farrell. So, same thoughts, right? right? They need that edge. He's... Clark Jr., so replace right. him here. Yeah, I mean, um, same philosophy. You went Byron Murphy. I'm going to go Rocky Sin. Um, I think, you know, the Seahawks like to tackle. Right. And so, you know, case in point of what we were mentioning earlier, Rocky Sin, you know, two-time state wrestler, mm-hmm. national champion, wrestler, national championship, high or state. high school, excuse me. And, um, you know, I think that checks all the boxes for what the Seahawks want. Moving to... Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. This is their second pick in the first round. You ended up going with Noah Fant, I believe, in their first pick. Correct. I ended up going um, the other way on the other side to protect Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm going to give him the physical specimen that he can throw the ball down the field at. I gave gave them DK Metcalf. Boy, that would be scary. Yeah. So I think they still need cornerback help. Or safety help, I'm going with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson here. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, um, good good idea. I, I just think they they just yeah they just spent there. So moving on to the Rams with the 31st pick, I have Bradbury, like we said, falling down there. I think it shores up their line. They have mm-hmm. some guys coming off contracts. Uh, I think it fits a fill of need for them. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I stayed in the offensive line. I just went with um, Chris Lindstrom uh, from Boston College. Plays on the inside. Can switch Very center, versatile. Especially they lost Saffold. Yep. So they'll be able to kind of move move that around and protect uh, Jared Goff after he just picked up his fifth-year option. 
And last but but certainly apparently not least, as uh, according to the NFL and this draft is every year, John. and this is going to pain me, but the New England Patriots at the thirty seventh thirty second pick of the first round ends up going with my favorite wide receiver in this class, AJ Brown. Whoa, we Do we end agree? on the same note. That a boy. I I think he fits what they like and gives them a big solid slot presence. Yeah. Just, just that. Yes, yes. Get open. It makes sense. I know we've heard talk about Hollywood Brown there. I just don't see them being overboard. And I think you have a bigger body here and less injury concerns. Nothing, so nothing less. This nothing else to say. I, I mean, that's it. That would be really the worst it. case scenario for you. Yes. Yes, it would be. So, I mean, we just went through all the 32 picks. Um, we ended up agreeing on a couple, but same same philosophy, same position. Um, and if you do agree or disagree with us, just hit us up with a, with a mention on, on Twitter and Instagram. And again, um, enjoy the draft on Thursday. We'll come back next week and see what we ended up getting right and when we ended up getting wrong.